0: about you but when i was young i was a conformist i think you know most most kids tend to be conformists we want to fit in i was so shy that i didn't want anybody to notice me so i would just kind of disappear back into the background and blend in didn't want the teacher to recognize me I uh, kind of went with the flow, you know. Especially kids with clothes; they all dress, you know, basically alike, and want to fit in and not be noticed. But not too many are transformers until we get to be a little bit older. I was I was a college student in the 60s and 70s, late 60s and early 70s. So that was a time for. Uh, not for conformers <laughs> it was for radicals and my most radical thing was toward the end of the jesus movement i had a i had a afro and a beard it wasn't real radical but it was there but frankly most of the time i worked in a grocery store so you had to you know kind of conform and some of the guys were testing it with beards and s- long hair and so forth. So we had a store meeting one night. There were about 100 employees in the store, and uh, the manager brought me up in the front and said, "Here's the standard." And, you know, and I had, I had uh, my radical, my radical, you know, no beard, but I had sideburns. My hair was pretty short. Man, I was mad at him for that. Everybody laughed and booed at me when he. When I get up there. So notice the first uh, statement on the outline there. There are quite a few fillings today. In order to make a difference, we must be different. You can't just blend in and make a difference. Now, Daniel is one of my favorite characters in the Bible for lots of reasons. But Daniel chapter 1 in particular really addresses this idea of not not conforming and uh, Daniel chapter 1 there's a New Testament scripture that's kind of an illustration for Daniel chapter 1 it's in Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 so therefore I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God this is your true and proper worship do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. What that's saying is don't let the culture around you shape you, but let God transform you. So in the context for the book of Daniel is that about 600 years before Christ, uh, the Babylonians came and took over Israel and took the best and the brightest, back to Babylon with them. And the reason they took the best and the brightest was because they wanted them to help their culture be elevated even more than it already was. So the idea was that when you were brought into that culture, you would learn their language, you would learn their literature, you would be educated in their ways, you'd learn uh, their religion. They wanted you even to conform to their religion. And it would be a little bit like Let's say that uh, the Chinese took over America, and they got Grove, and they took Grove to China, among the best and the brightest, and they said, Grove, you're going to learn our language, you're going to read all of our literature, our history, you're going to understand everything about our culture, and we want you to adopt our religion. And that was the expectation of the Babylonians in that time, would be a Massive, massive adjustment for a person to make. So here's Daniel chapter 1, beginning in verse 1. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand, along with some of the articles from the temple of God. These he carried off to the temple of his God in Babylonia, and put in the treasure house of his god. So they emptied the temple and put it in this false god's treasury. Then the king ordered uh, Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring into the king's service some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. Young men, notice this, without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, And qualified to serve in the king's palace. He was to teach them the language and literature of the Babylonians. And the king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine. So they're even adjusting their their diet from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years. And after that, they were to enter the king's service. Among those who were chosen from Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names. To Daniel, the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. And we'll talk about the meaning of those names in a few few minutes. So how can we resist merely conforming to our culture and instead be a transforming influence for Jesus? Those of us, especially those of us who are a little bit older, we can realize how much our culture has shifted in the last 50 years or so. Lots of standards are very, very different. Even in the last 15 or 20 years, there's been a huge shift away from godly values. So, how can we not conform but instead be a transforming influence for Jesus? Well, Jesus used these words He said, I want you to be in the world, but not of the world. So, we're not to separate ourselves from culture, from society, we want to be an influence. We need to be in the world, in the world, but not of the world. We don't want to become like them. And notice the next blank: to be totally devoted to Jesus would be the first step. So I've used the word since I've been here: the words "all in." A number of times. We want to be all in for Jesus, not just dipping our toes in the water and dabbling with Christianity, but we want to be all in for Jesus. In other words, no compromise, fighting, peer pressure. So with Daniel, uh, one of the first things that happened was they wanted to change his diet. He happened to be a vegetarian, and they wanted to feed him the king's food. So the second thing was that he would be, his name would be changed. Now, I don't know if you've thought about this very much or not, I have because I go by my middle name, not my first name. So I constantly have to be referred to. Like if I go to the doctor, got my shot yesterday, get on an airline or whatever it is, they call me Frank. I don't like that. I'm not Frank. So when I was working in a grocery store in Portland, I was 21 years old. I, I can't tell you how shy I was. And so I went to, went to work, and I filled out the, the forms for the application. It said Frank Stanley Simmons on it. So the store manager assumed my name was Frank. So I was working in the back room the first day, and he came back, and he had a name tag that said Frank on it. Now, now I would say, you know, I really don't go by Frank. Could you, put, could you put Stan on there? But I was so dang shy then. I didn't say anything about it. So all the time I worked in that store, they called me Frank. Hated it. I went back and visited a few months after I quit, and I walked by the manager. He says, "Hi, Frank. How you doing?" I always say, "Shut up. I'm not Frank. (laughs) Call me Stan." So in Bible times, though, your name had a meaning; it meant something. So let me give you the meaning of the names that they had, and then the name, many of the name that they were that they changed into. For example, Daniel means God is my judge. Okay? Belteshazzar means protect the king. Hananiah meant the Lord is gracious. Changed to Shadrach was command of Aku, who was a Babylonian god. Mishael means who is like God. To Meshach, which means who is like Aku, which is a false god. Azariah means the Lord is my helper, to Abednego, which means servant of Nago, a Babylonian god. So you can imagine changing their name. It would be like changing your name to something that meant it's not about Jesus anymore. It's about this false god that we're asking you to follow. So it's a change of loyalty. It's a change of allegiance. Now, I I think I might have missed this a few months ago. I watched a lot of boxing for a while, and uh, Muhammad Ali, who I, ne- I never liked when he was, when he was around because he was such a blowhard, found out later that that was just, just to fill the seats is all it was. He didn't really feel that way about himself. But when he changed his name from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali, he was indicating that he had become a Muslim. Flaunted that. It irritated everybody, including people who boxed against him. So I don't remember the name of his opponent in this particular fight, but, but this was a guy who kept calling him Cassius Clay. And so it really irritated Muhammad Ali. So during the fight, whenever he'd hit this guy, he'd say, what's my name? Hit him again, what's my name? Hit him again, what's my name? You know? <laughs> he really, really thumped on this guy. He wanted to be called by the right name. So it'd be a little, a little bit like Arnie being called Kung Fu. You know, be a little weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> just, just a little bit strange. Kung fu, yeah, kung fu. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way, and his logic was, you know, let's let's try it my way for a while. Okay, so Daniel demonstrated the courage to live by his convictions. He didn't want to do things that were dedicated to false God. He was a no-compromise kind of a guy. So number one, be totally devoted to Jesus if you want to be a transformer. Secondly, conduct yourself in a godly manner. So conduct is so important. Uh, I don't know if you've thought about this or not, but when you change jobs, uh particularly before you were a Christian, you probably, in fact, even after you're a Christian to a certain degree, you adapt to the culture where you are. So I worked in in three different grocery stores that were very different. The first one that I was when I was 19 to 22 or 23, and then another one in a town nearby, Safeway, started working for Safeway, totally different culture in that store. So I found myself having to adopt to the culture. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily compromising your values or convictions, but it's just different. So you adapt. And then the third store uh, where I worked was very different as well. Then I got to run my own store, so I got to establish the culture. So the consequence of, of Daniel's godly behavior was he wasn't defiant. That's really important. He wasn't in your face. I'm not compromising your values. Notice how How tactful he was. Follow along with these words. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked. He asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. Now God had caused the official to show favor and compassion to Daniel. But the official told Daniel, I'm afraid of of my lord the king who has assigned your food and drink. Why should he see you looking worse than the other young men your age. The king would then have my head because of you. So Daniel then said to the guard when the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Notice he used the word please, and he asked. Please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So wh- what's he saying? He's saying, please, try, try this. Try it our way and then compare us at the end. So, so he agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice, <coughs> choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead so he said try it just try it my way for 10 days and if we if we look worse than they look and you're going to get in trouble then he said come and talk to us and we'll renegotiate this thing so Romans 12:21 says it this way do not be overcome by evil but overcome evil with good so don't let the culture shape you stand firm but we stand firm in grace and in love, the fruit of the Spirit is to be demonstrated in our life. We don't get in people's face and, and become defiant. We act like Jesus would have us act. Luke six thirty eight says, Given it will be given to you a good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. So if you're defiant, what are you going to get back? You're going to get back defiance multiplied. If you're gracious and forgiving, what are you going to get back? The same thing. So B, use diplomacy. You get back what you give. You set the tone. Learn to set the tone. So so what if I said, what if I said, Rick, get over there. What does that make you feel like on the inside? (laughs) I I won't say what I would say, but (laughs) get out of my face. It does. It makes you want to push back, doesn't it? If somebody's harsh and angry, I said, Rick, would you you go and sit over there, please? You'd you'd probably be inclined inclined to do that. So our tone and godly character have a great impact if we do it the right way. Your love can change the atmosphere. Then thirdly, depend on God to move beyond your natural abilities. So, So what if I said this about... Say I gotta find it now. This is this is Jared. He's handsome, he's without physical defect, shows his aptitude in every kind of learning. He's well informed, he's quick to understand. He's qualified in every respect. Look at it, look at him, he's a hunk. Yeah, he's shaking his head. No, which which shows humility, which even endears you more to him. In that respect. So we can have natural abilities. We can have natural things that are good about us, but it's not enough. So notice back and down again. To these four men, God gave, they were smart already, but God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature and learning. In other words, He made them stand out. And Daniel could understand visions and dreams of all kinds. At the end of the time set by the king to bring them into his service, the chief official presented them to Nebuchadnezzar. The king talked with them. He found none equal. So they were head and shoulders above everybody else. He found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So they entered the king's service. Imagine this. We complain about our culture sometimes, but here they are in an ungodly culture. They didn't compromise their values, but they stayed in that culture and they rose to leadership in that culture. That's a great example for us. In every matter of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. So we need godly people in places of leadership in our culture. It's foolish to separate ourselves and be defiant. We should seek to be in a position where we can give influence. We can be an influencer rather than a compromiser. So they're ten times better than the others. Why? Because of God's grace. So they had great minds, just like Jared, great minds, good looks, and a great education. I'll expect something later, Jared. Beyond that, God equipped them beyond their natural abilities. You can have all the natural abilities in the world, but God graced them even above that. In Acts chapter 1, it says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Now, here's, here's kind of a pet peeve of mine. So often, spirit filled Christians get weird. Mm-hmm. Rather than being admired and being positive, healthy examples and having gifts. And abilities above everybody else because of God's grace, they get weird. And the culture says, well, we don't really anything to do. That's crazy. We don't really anything to do with that. I'm not saying just fit in, but God will make you better. We are given the Holy Spirit that we may supernaturally be empowered to be effective influence in our culture. So the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those are not bad things. Those are good things. Think about the gifts of the Spirit. Here's another pet peeve of mine. If, if you're going to give a prophecy or word of wisdom or word of knowledge, it's not weird. In fact, these gifts are to be used in the marketplace, so to speak, where you work. Do you need wisdom where you work? Absolutely. So God can give you wisdom and it'll look supernatural. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge. I need to know something and he can show you something. Gift of faith. When do you need the gift of faith? You need the gift of faith when you're out there facing things. God give you faith. It's not weird. It's supernatural. So God gives us the Holy Spirit that we may be transformed into his image. Look like Jesus. Fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit in order that we may be transformative, a transformative influence in our culture. I'd like to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. I want you to think about these four men. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Good and godly examples in their culture. They rose to the highest place that they could be raised in their culture, and they were godly about it. So what's going on in your life where you could, you could be a, a more healthy influence Maybe a promotion from where you are right now or a new job from where you are right now where you could be an influence for Jesus. Not compromising your values, but graciously, graciously living for Jesus in a way that would prove to be a godly example to people. So let to ask you three questions. Number one, are you totally devoted, devoted to Jesus Christ? Are you all in? All in. Not dabbling, but all in. Secondly, do you conduct yourself in a godly manner? When you don't, it disqualifies you in other people's minds. Be a godly, godly example. And thirdly, are you depending on God to move beyond your natural abilities? Do you ever ask the Lord, Lord, give me the gift of faith today? Lord, give me the word of knowledge today. Give me the word of wisdom today. the discerning of spirits today that I may function in your supernatural power so Lord we lift up not only those in this room but those who are online today Lord we don't want to just fit in we want to be outstanding as outstanding as we can possibly be each of us at a different level But where we work where we live, where we go to school we want to be godly examples. As I said about Daniel, it was ten times better because of your grace and your goodness. Lord, that's the way that we want to be. Not better just to be better, but better because we want to be an influence for you. So we love you. We give you thanks for your goodness and your grace in our life. If there's anything in our life that's getting in the way of us being a good and godly example, then Lord, point that out so we can get that taken care of in our life. We love you and we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray.